wherever you are, be there, you know, be present as often as I, as I can think to do it, whether I'm at work or with my kids or my family. Or- are you ready for the best real estate investing advice ever? Join Joe Fairless and today's best ever guests as they share it with you. It's the best ever advice with none of the fluff. Let's go. Do you know how you can benefit from crowdfunding? If you haven't checked out our special series, Best Crowdfunding Crash Course Ever, presented by Patch of Land, then you need to. It's episodes 152, 159, 166, and 173, because you'll hear from the industry's leading crowdfunding experts on how you can benefit by getting involved, whether it's getting access to funds for your deal or passively investing in other people's deals. The time is now to get started. Go to patchofland.com forward slash best ever to grab your copy of the top 10 answers to the top 10 crowdfunding questions. That's P-A-T-C-H-O-F-L-E-N-D dot com forward slash best ever. Hi, best ever listeners. Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless and I'm here with today's guest, Matt Burke. Hi, Matt. How you doing, Joe? Doing well. Thank you for joining us. Matt's joining us from Portland, Oregon where he is the founder of Fairway America and is the foremost authority in the specialized field of non-institutional-sized, small-balance real estate. It uh, The acronym is SBRE. You've probably seen it before, but uh, perhaps, like myself, didn't know what the heck that was. And Matt's going to get into a little bit about that. He consults dozens of SBRE fund managers around the country And when he's not doing that, he loves to ride his road bike all around the beautiful scenery of Portland, Oregon. So with that being said, Matt, can you give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and what you're focused on now? Yeah, I've been in real estate finance pretty much my entire career. And the last several years, we do a lot of advisory and consulting work for small balance real estate entrepreneurs uh, doing a variety of real estate asset based uh, investing. So anything from private lenders to discounted note buyers to fix and flippers to value add commercial real estate people, we help them set up, create, and architect a pooled investment fund. Uh, we'll do the back end fund administration. And then we also have a fund of funds that makes investments in the funds that we really like. So that's really what we do. What type of client are you seeing more often now than you were in the past? Well, I think the last several years, we've seen a ton of fix and flip guys, uh, both people that are acquiring the property directly and then also lenders that are making the loans to the guy who's buying property to fix and flip. I'd say that has uh, gone down a little bit the last year or two, and we're seeing a lot more value add multifamily and other types of commercial property, self-storage, industrial. So I'd say we're seeing more and more of the value add uh, commercial guys now. So basically your company helps, and this is what you said, but just so I'm, I'm understanding it correctly, your company puts together, helps put together the pool of money or the fund rather the, the uh, entity and structuring it properly for somebody or somebody's who wants to pool money and from investors and invest in something, right? That's right. So I'd say most guys, when they're starting off and for a significant period of time, are doing what I call one deal at a time, or or syndicating a deal. So they find a particular deal, they get one investor or multiple investors to put into that one transaction. What we do is help them put together a pooled fund where they set up an entity. 
uh, raise money from investors into that entity, and then the entity acquires multiple assets. So my definition of a fund is you have multiple assets and multiple investors, and that's sort of an order of magnitude leap from a capital uh, structure standpoint for most real estate guys to make, and it's very difficult to do. So we help them navigate that process, get access to greater capital where, where they retain control of the decision-making at the asset level, but they're raising at the fund level. Uh, so we do everything surrounding setting it up, administering it, raising capital for it. We help guys do that. What is the dollar amount that you'd say would be the minimum that an investor should uh, have in mind whenever they're doing a fund versus syndicating a deal? Well, if you're the what I'd call the entrepreneur, the real estate guy, you know, the deal guy, finding the finding the. Uh, Assets. I think the the minimum fund size is probably probably the smallest one we've done is about two million bucks. Uh, but a lot of the assets, like a, we did a tax lien certificate fund, for example, where the average asset size is only a few thousand dollars. And a lot of the, the fix and flip uh, entrepreneurs might be doing an average deal size of say fifty or a hundred thousand. And you know you could have a perfectly good fund with as little as you know two three million bucks with an average deal size of 50 or 100. So the, the size of the fund largely depends on the nature of the assets that somebody's engaged in and you know the average deal size and the average velocity of those deals. Does the fund expire at a certain time? Uh, some do, some don't. There's different fund structures. So a closed-ended fund would have an expiration date and kind of a finish point. An open-ended fund does not. Um, different asset models are more conducive to uh, one or the other uh, fund structure. So, but I, I like open-ended funds where someone can can raise capital on an ongoing basis and then recycle that capital to do new deals. But there's issues around that in terms of how investors would get out. So about subscription and redemption, and you know all this stuff can get fairly uh, intricate. And and then, you know we help navigate we help people navigate that whole process. From an investor standpoint, who's working with you and putting together, you know, this fund, can you break down the the high level pros and cons for a closed and opened ended fund? Yeah, I would say high level. A, a open ended fund has the benefit. Um, I mean, and when we use the terms like to make sure we're on the same page, like I use the term investor for the high net worth people who put money into the fund. And I use the term entrepreneur to describe, you know, the deal person who's out, you know, getting the individual transactions or the fund manager. Okay. Yep. So for the fund, for the fund manager's perspective, an open-ended fund allows that person to uh, raise the capital once and then recycle it indefinitely, uh, which means you usually would have to raise less money. And from an investor standpoint, it gives them the benefit of being able to redeem their shares at some point in the future and actually cash out of that fund without the manager having to liquidate all of the assets. Uh, however, there are a lot of issues around what is an appropriate share price and the fairness of that share price so that people who are coming in at a later point in time are being treated the same as people who are redeeming those shares. So it's got some issues associated with it a close those are generally better for uh, financial instruments so if you're if you're making loans uh, or buying discounted paper secured by real estate i'd say an open-ended structure is better if you're buying property directly if you're buying an apartment building adding value to it holding it for some period of time and then selling it a closed-ended fund would be more appropriate in those circumstances for both the manager and the investor when we 
we look at the different types of funds, uh, you know, both open and closed. And how, how do you determine whenever somebody approaches you, you know, kind of how, how to structure it? What are some of the questions that you ask him or her? Well, the very first question is, you know, what is your asset model? I mean, are you buying houses and fixing and flipping them very quickly? Or are you buying them, fixing up, renting them and holding them? Are you making loans? If you're making loans, what's the average duration of those loans? What's the average interest rate? If you're buying, you know, discounted notes, what's the repositioning strategy? How long does it take? So the very we always start at the asset level. What what is the asset model, and what are the economic characteristics of that model? Uh, then what type of volume are you doing? Uh, if you're only doing one deal here and there, a fund makes no sense. If you're doing a lot of deals, you know, every month, then a fund you know makes a lot more sense. Uh, so we start at the asset level, then we work toward the economic characteristics, start trans- translating it into what it might look like at a, at a fund level. I also ask about, uh, you know, what kind of a team do you have? Are you a one-person show or do you have, you know, multiple people doing different functions inside of your business? So it matters, you know, how how, uh, how much scale and size somebody has. And that's, you know, some people are a one-man show and, and a fund makes sense. Sometimes it doesn't. So, you know, we put people through a series of questions to make sure a fund was actually appropriate for them because, it, you know, it's a lot of work to put it together and it's not particularly cheap, but it can be a whole lot easier to scale. I shouldn't say easier. It can be a whole lot more uh, efficient to scale using a fund than trying to match up investors every single deal, one deal at a time. What are the average costs and timelines to put a fund together? Typical costs, let's say 25 to 50 grand it all in uh, for all the consulting advisory uh, documents, you know, turnkey being ready to launch. Uh, and some of that depends on, you know, complexity, size, asset model, et cetera. Uh, timeline, I'd say average timeline is about 90 days. We've done them in as little as, you know, four or five weeks if somebody's, you know, really prepared. And sometimes it takes longer and a lot of that more depends on the client than us. But I figure 60, 90 days is a pretty good timeline. Matt, what is your best real estate investing advice ever? My best advice ever is match your capital structure to your asset model. If you do that well, you're, you're going to save yourself and your investors a lot of, a lot of pain. Can you elaborate? Yeah, I think that uh, if, I'll, I'll give you a personal story, but you know, we had a fund, our fourth fund, that had a capital structure that had uh, a senior credit facility and a lot of debt associated with it. And when the markets turned... And the bank, you know, called that line, even though we were completely in covenants with everything, we ended up having to sell off assets that were perfectly good performing assets in order to pay that line back. So uh, I had, you know, painful experience directly with having, you know, a capital structure that didn't match my asset model. And what would you say for, let's, let's talk about like a beginning investor, how can they apply that? Because, you know, we're, we're talking right now with, uh, millions of, of dollars likely in a, a fund. But what what about somebody starting out? I think if you're just starting out, find a good investor or two that you can rely upon whose underwriting guidelines and preferences and likes and dislikes you understand quite well and you know, ride those people as, as long as you can. Um, and, and ultimately, the progression usually is one investor at a time and then doing multiple investors into one deal and then ultimately into a fund. Uh, so, you know, to me, it's just making sure that your investor base is aligned well with your asset model. You ready for the best ever lightning round? Yeah, let's do it. 
First, a quick word for our best ever sponsors, crowdfunding. You've heard about it, and now it's time to learn about it. Our best ever sponsor, Patch of Land, is a leading expert in the crowdfunding space, and they've got all the answers to your crowdfunding questions. Go to patchofland.com forward slash best ever and grab your copy of the top 10 answers to the top 10 crowdfunding questions. That's P-A-T-C-H-O-F-L-E-N-D dot com forward slash best ever. In real estate, our tenants are our clients. And how much do you really know about your clients? Grab your roadmap for reaching the most influential audience, millennials, by reading Youth Nation, written by my friend and the nation's leading millennial expert, Matt Britton. Go to youthnation.net. That's Y-O-U-T-H-N-A-T-I-O-N.net. All right, Matt, best ever book you've read? Uh, and sales book is called Let's Get Real or Let's Not Play by Mahan Khalsa. Best ever listeners, I know you like audio, so you can go to freebesteverbook.com and get a free audio version of a book like that. Best ever personal growth experience and what you learned from it. Oh, I'd say maybe most poignant ever was I had a partner at age 41 who died of stage four uh, abdominal cancer. And I spent a year and a half, you know, right before he died going through that process. And it taught me kind of up close and personal what it's like to die young and, you know, what type of legacy you want to leave. So it's probably my most... uh, most compelling experience best ever success habit you practice i'd say wherever you are be there live in the present and you know be present as often as i as i can think to do it whether i'm at work or with my kids or my family or whatever i have to be doing what's the best ever deal you've done probably fund seven creating what is going to be our largest fund ever and getting that off the ground and uh uh, it's a $500 million fund. We launched it about seven months ago, and we're, we're adding it about $2 million a month and uh, growing that fund pretty rapidly. Where have you found that the capital for these funds uh, is primarily coming from? I think it's different depending on what stage somebody's at, but, but by and large, uh, high net worth accredited investors is by far the most uh, prevalent investor base for most small balance real estate funds best ever project you're most excited about right now? Uh, right now, in addition to Fund 7, I'm excited about our crowdfunding sites, sbrefunds.com. Uh, it's a crowdfunding portal for small balance real estate funds, and it's growing rapidly and i uh, got a lot of great funds all over the country. So I'm very excited about that. What's the best ever way you like to give back? Best ever way for me to give back is I, I like to do a lot of teaching and coaching and mentoring of other entrepreneurs, uh, especially new and aspiring fund managers, because that's kind of you know where I've come from, what we've done. But uh, a lot of mentoring and teaching, you know, guys that are up and coming. Best ever quote. Best ever quote. You become what you think about by Earl Nightingale. How have you seen that played out in your life? Well, I started uh, reading Earl Nightingale about 25 years ago, and and just really uh, material made a ton of sense to me, and I started following that. It's like you know, you first you create it in your mind, right? What you think about is is what you become. So you can control your thoughts, therefore you can control to a large degree what happens to you over a long period of time, even though you can't control every event. So. I've been very deliberate in my thinking over a long period of time, and it, it's proven itself. What would you say is the biggest mistake you've made in real estate? I'd say putting all my eggs in one basket with a $50 million credit line with that fund, and then uh, being at the mercy of the bank when they decided not to renew that line and forced, it imposed a lot of pain on me for, for a two- or three-year period, and uh, it's probably the biggest mistake. And lastly, Matt, what's the best ever place to reach you? Best ever place to reach me would be email matt.burke at fairwayamerica.com or 503-906-9102. Matt, thank you so much for being on the Best Ever Show and sharing your best ever advice with the best ever listeners and talking about 
appropriating funds. And, you know, as, as you mentioned, I mean, the natural progression is usually you get one investor, then you get multiple investors, then you create a fund. And, you know, so for the best ever listeners, perhaps if you are working on your one investor, then maybe you're, you know, it's time to go to the multiple investor level and vice versa. If, if you uh, have multiple investors in the deal, uh, then maybe it's time to go to a fund and look at that. And, and thank you for educating us on the difference between closed and open-ended funds, the pros and cons, and the questions that you ask uh, your potential clients, because those are questions that I think we can think through whenever we're, trying, whenever we're looking at, does a syndicated deal make sense or does a, a fund make sense? And you know, you ask, what first you get an idea of the asset model. Um, so you ask them, what's your asset model? Uh, then you get an idea of the volume. If it's one deal um, every so often, then it doesn't make sense. But if it's multiple deals within a, a relatively short amount of time, for that particular asset, then it probably would make sense. Assuming that, and the third thing you look at is the teams in place. So is it just you? Is it a one-person show or are there multiple people? And then also getting the specifics of how much it costs. You know, 25K to 50K can probably be done in about 90 days on average. Depends on the complexity of all this stuff. So really good information. Really appreciative and grateful that, that you are best ever guest on the show. And we'll talk to you soon. Thanks for having me, Joe. Hey, you, best ever listener. Do you want more? Then go to joefairless.com, where you'll get tons of free videos, templates, and content to help you get deals done. And remember to subscribe to the best ever show in iTunes, so you can keep getting your daily dose of the best real estate investing advice ever.